Welcome to our community edition of Saratova Best. We are in base Tishrei in the four days between between Yom Kippur and Sukkot. And these are very holy days. Yesterday was called Gatznaman, Hashem's name. And these four days correspond to Yud K Vav K, Hashem's name. And these are the days when Tyra says we're so involved in the preparations for Sukkot. This one with his Lulav, this one with his Estro, so this one with the sukkah, all the other preparations, the cooking, the preparing, that um, things are good. <laughs> and we've just, we just, we have a clean slate. And we said that on Yom Kippur, in order to, in order that the relationship between us and Hashem, the marriage between us and Hashem should work, essentially, um, that it should be a shidduch that really fits. You know, sometimes you see a shidduch that you wonder, who was Think, what were people thinking when they made that shidduch? Obviously, from a higher point of view, it's a, it's, a, it's, it's a good one. But in order that we and Hashem should match each other's frequency, so to speak, so that the marriage that happens between us and Hashem on Yom Kippur be as it will work the best, we need to be clean off of a lot of our stuff. So, um, and the example is, of uh, the the little muscle is of a fox that sees grapes on the other side of the fence and he squeezes through the fence. He gets he he eats his he eats his heart full of grapes and then when he wants to go home he gained too much weight from all that sugar can't get through the fence he just kind of sits on the other side of the fence longing to get back home and and by sitting there and not eating he loses weight after three days or so. He lost enough weight to get back through the fence. He goes home. So, but that's not us. That we have to. What, what, what we're referring to is Yom Kippur is the day Yom Chasunasa, and it's the day that Hashem really. This is the day of, of wedding between us and Hashem. Achas Peshana. Everything about it is one, 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 one. One Kayan Gadol, one day, one place, one Jewish people, one moment, one one Kaidishi The Mizbeach is one Amma by one Amma. Everything is lined up as one because it's all about the one, the unity between us and Hashem, not you and me, not Hashem and us, but one, one, one unit, a total unity, a unity on the level of unity that we're not even used to. In other words, when we say Yom Kippur is one, we have to realize we don't know probably what one is, or at least I don't. Whatever we're used to is thinking that means number one, one, oneness. Every year that one gets stronger and stronger and stronger. Every year it's a, a more profound and a more unified sense of one. So to be in that one relationship with Hashem, that marriage, where there's no me and you, just us, just Hashem and us, we need to lose some weight. Because we have all this stuff that we've picked up throughout the year. You know, they're officially called Averas, Avinas, etc., and it's this stuff that's kind of clinging to the outside of us, how we think, how we talk, how we, how we do. It's, it's stuff that's not really intrinsic to us. It's stuff that's clinging to the outside of us. But we're going to be too fat to get through the fence into this marriage, to the marriage canopy between, with, with us and Hashem, on Yom Kippur. So the focus is asking Hashem to take all that stuff away. And he's happy to take it away. He wants to marry us. We want to marry him. He's happy to take it away. We're happy to get rid of it. 
And so there's room to say that the focus of Yom Kippur, of course, is on getting rid of our evaders, but it's still not our day. This is not my day. Yom Kippur is not my day where I am cleansed of my evaders. Because if I am cleansed of my evaders, then I'm still too fat. I'm still in the eye zone, where I think the most important thing is I have to be clean. Well, who am I? The folk, it's, it's not my day. It's Hashem's day. In fact, it's, it's not even, Hashem is saying, no, it's not even his day. It's the marriage day. It's the we. The we that's called I. The supernal I, where we're totally absorbed in I. Hashem is totally absorbed in I. So, for that, we're still too fast. And so we need to, be, you know, get rid of it, lose all that weight on Rush, on, on, during all of Elul, and then Rosh Hashanah, then the 10 days of Shuvah, then Yom Kippur, boom, we're just dropping, shedding all those pounds, asking Hashem, take them off, and, you know, get rid of it, he wants to, we want to, and then there's the marriage, Ne'ilah, between us and Hashem, very powerful moment. We say, Hashem Lelachim, and then we say, Hashem Lelachim, seven times, bringing down a level of Hashem down into everyday life, into our everyday lives that becomes integrated so that we can be in this marriage. Otherwise, it's going to be a marriage where we just don't skip the chassam. The college just doesn't match the chassam. It's just not a good match. I mean, they're just on different frequencies. So for us to be on the same frequency the whole year and bring the ge'ula, in which we'll have the ultimate marriage, I bet I didn't start recording. Is this true? Okay, good. So in order, in order for there, in order for there to be the ultimate marriage in Geula, we're doing it now. This is, we're, we're already stepping into it. And again, so this is what we're doing. Shedding all those pounds and, and, uh, sorry, we said Hashem Lachim, bringing that level of Hashem down into our everyday life, one level after another after another. This becomes basic, now we go for the higher level. And that becomes basic, now we go for the higher level. Because we're lifting up to that, 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 Relationship, and perhaps I haven't learned learned it per se to see. No doubt, Hashem is as we're going up, as we're moving up. Hashem is moving up. Hashem has made a decision that He's very much affected by our movement. Now, again, I can't quote you a passage, so this is my thought. I take it for what it is. But but we see from Rosh Hashanah that Hashem has made a decision way at the beginning of as he created the world or before, when he blew into us the breath of life, that he will make himself vulnerable to us. We are the Kala. And the most important thing in everything for him is not the world and not the this and not the that. It's the Kala. And he's given the Kala, us, a certain level of power to affect him in a very deep way. Okay. So, now that we're finished with Yom Kippur, and then we're in these four holy days, Yud, uh, up until Sukkot, uh, yeah, up until Sukkot, Yud, K, Vav, K, so today's the Hay. So, one of the things here, that we're quoting a sikh of Tafshin Membeth, 1980, I can't remember if it's one or three. It's okay. Um, one second, Tafshin Membeth, Membeth. 1981, I think. Um, 
because it's before the it's 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 fall time. Uh, and 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 really, we're entering in this sicha. We're we're seeing this is a decade, the early '80s, when all of that dynamic stuff is going to be happening. The Rebbe is going to introduce. We want Mashiach now, and and Tzivas Hashem, and and Mashpiim, and then there's going to be the whole thing with the Sfarim, and all kinds of unbelievable things are happening in the 1980s. Unbelievable, uh, having having many children, large families. Many, 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 many. Probably the most dynamic decade, perhaps, in all of Jewish history in terms of positive changes, positive innovation, was the 1980s. Probably of all of Jewish history. It just another thing and another thing and another thing. Because we had come to the point where this is it. We go. We go forward to Yemaisa Mashiach. So here they're ever saying that one of the things we need to do, you know, now that we've come from Yom Kippur, is be involved in spreading, you know, with the, through the shlichus of and the kayach of Nisidarein. And do it with Zrizis. Do it with alacrity, joy, good heart, simchavitublevat. And especially because we find ourselves in the four days between Yom Kippur and Sukkot. And then what happens? The Yetzahara, who's called the clogging care, does not bother us. Usually, he's bothering us. In these four days, he doesn't bother us. As it says in, Medr- in Medrash Razal, Yom Rishon of Chag Sukkot is called Rishon Lecheshpan Avainas. The first day of Sukkot is called the first of Cheshpan for sin. What does that mean? Because after the four days between Yom Kippur and Sukkot, in these four days we're involved in the midst of Sukkot, Lulav, etc. And we have no connection to Chet in these four days. No connection to doing something wrong. Now, I'm just going to editor's note, so what if we feel that we're doing something wrong or we're not happy about the way we're feeling or thinking? It's clearly a different, it may feel like to us like the same old Yetzirah and all these other things. But if Tyra says no, it's no, then obviously it's something else. It's a doorway of opportunity that's enclosed in something that looks familiar like our old Yetzirah, but it's clearly in these four days a doorway, a corridor, a doorway of opportunity. So, and through this, we're Zaycha to bring down the Bracha of Hashem. Um, as it says in Parshish, that we bring down the bracha of Hashem in all things, and especially the bracha of Atzlacha in spreading Yiddishkeit. And then we come to the end, we're already talking about the Zaysa bracha, Ad Hayam Ha'acharon. What's Ad Hayam Ha'acharon. The end of the whole Tyra says, until the, you know, the sea, at the end, but also until the last day. Until Mashiach Sikenu, Mashiach and Aaron come back and hear him in. So now, today is your day of Tishrei. So what's that all about? The 12th day of Tishrei. And we said it corresponds to the the letter Hay. So, your day of Tishrei, we know because there was a a previous Rebringen, it's the day of the birth of Naftali, 
sorry, Nathalie's birth, per se, you know, the shave at Nathalie, was on the 5th of Tishrei. So that means that on Yudbei Tishrei, it was his bris. Okay? The bris Mila of Nathalie, whoever is from Shavit Nathalie, is today. And just like on the day of a birthday, there's a special, your mazel is very strong, so too the day of a bris. As it's the time when the Nefesh Kedusha comes in to the person. Now, what would that look like if the Nefesh Elokis, the godly soul, is coming into Naftali? So, you know, I'm not Naftali, don't have a Brisbane, but what is this for us? The Indian of Naftali is Ila Shlucha. Very quick. Fleet of foot. Is that how it goes? Very quick. Runs very quick, quickly. That's for us. This is one of the key things. Today is the brick mila of that part of us that knows how to do things quick. Because it says at the beginning of, of Shulchanara, Hazay az kanemer rat How do you serve Hashem? Be bold, don't be, don't let the scoffers get you, etc. And run like a deer. And run like a deer. It was interesting. When you see the deer this summer, I saw a huge number of deer. They were in the town of Monticello. I mean, right, you know, in the city. It was the strangest thing, you know, walking on everybody's lawns. Um, they're incredibly pretty. We're terrified of them because of their, they carry ticks. You know, once <laughs> Poor guys, you know, they used to, they used to have such a good reputation as being so elegant and, and so amazing, and now because of their kicks, nobody really likes them. But the idea of a deer, really, the way it's leaked, so elegant. It's so flowing. It's so amazing. Even when they're in fear, they do it in such a, you know, when they run away, they run away in a very classy way. They're very elegant. Imagine running away. Imagine being in fear. But the way you deal with it is still very elegant. And quick. And quick, but elegant. So this this is Nostali. And this is supposed to be us. Today's our that the grit of that energy in us. And we find in Pirkei the Rebbe Eliezer says, Yom Namal Abraham. So let's think for a minute about Brit, Brit Mila. Today's the Brit Mila of that energy in us. So we're going to look at Brit Mila because it's our Brit Mila today. So we're going to look at Brit Mila. And, and also, the The question, the question we want to ask is, what is this thing about no Sahara in these four days? And maybe we feel, you know, you know, I looked at that pastry in the same way I felt about it two weeks ago. Like, oh, yeah, I think I'm going to eat it. No, I shouldn't. I think I'm going to. And I would say, oh, that's coming from my Sahara. And it's obviously not in these four days. But 
same feeling about the pastry, let's say, or whatever. So could we say, especially since today is our grift day and we're going to look into what does that mean, could we say that these four days become a bridge for re-evaluating, renaming, um, re, there are better words for it, reframing all of the feelings we're used to having in Gullah. We're so sure that when I see that, it, when I see this, it's that. When I see a red round candy that's sort of a little bit squishy, I know it's a jelly bean. I'm positive it's a jelly bean. Says Hashem, think again. It seems like what Hashem is saying is, as we go into Yemaisa Mashiach, you guys probably thought that, for instance, if jelly beans are not a good thing for you, I'll never send jelly beans your way again. That'll be easy. But how about, I think Hashem is saying, how about this idea? I'm going to send you the same jelly beans, and yet I'm going to shake your certainty, which we know what it's like to have our certainty shaken last year and this so far this year, of what? I don't know. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on in the world? What if I shake your certainty and tell you that you're going to look at that thing that for 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years, you said, I know what that is. That's a jelly bean. And I, Hashem, am going to say to you, think again. It looks like a jelly bean. It's actually something else. And I want you to get to get used to having a sense of wonder rather than smugness about, I know what that is, and say, I don't know what that is. Hashem, what is that? You know, and, and it's not easy because we have all these people who make fun of us, like, you know, you say, gee, I wonder what that is. And they say, what is wrong with you? You don't know that that's a jelly bean? Where have you been all these years? And no, 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 no. I'm doing an exercise. I'm trying to be open-minded about what all these things are, are that I'm used to experiencing, and I was so sure I know what they are, and I always had gullet interpretation. And maybe my ability to experience gullet turning to Gaula will be through all these familiar things. An example would be, I knew someone very well who, whenever he didn't understand something, he would say, I wasn't born yesterday. I know what they're thinking. Right? I know what they're thinking. And really, let's say, um, some of this, his knowing what they were thinking, you could say was mm, sort of um, bordering on paranoia. But he was sure. He said it like this. This is the caveat. I wasn't born yesterday. What does that mean? I know. I've been around in Gullis for a long time. I know how nasty people can be. I wasn't born yesterday. I'm not some naive little kid. And I know that that guy doesn't have good intentions towards me. I know that. I know that that guy wants to, you know, steal my money or whatever. I know. That certainty? That's certainty that we have in Gullah that I know what this is 
and I know what that is, and I know what this is going to lead to, and I know what that's going to lead to. In the past year, it's, it's been taken away from us. <coughs> and in the past couple of decades, especially, in a couple of decades, we've seen through, through technology that you can look at something and think you know what it is, and everything's changing so radically. You know, my husband once gave a shear, and he said, get used to new perceptions. And I think he had these glasses that he had at that time that um, you can't, you know, everybody knows if you take off your glasses and you bend them, they'll break. And he took off his glasses and he twisted them into a pretzel. Yeah, these, you know, now it's no big deal. And so he said, get used to the idea, I know, you can't do that to your glasses. Well, here I'm doing it. So what's that all about? So that idea of get used to being curious. What could this be now? Hashem, I know one thing for sure. Everything that's happening to me at this point is a ge'ula gift. Some of the gifts are not so pleasant, God forbid. I don't like those. But it's not like some are and some aren't. They're all ge'ula gifts. And we say, Hashem, give us only really pleasant ge'ula opportunities and gifts. And it seems like in these four days, we have that opportunity to start getting used to reframing, to looking at, to looking at life with curiosity instead of with certainty and not being scared by it. And based on, even this, you know, we lost all the weight we needed to lose on, on Yom Kippur. We're clean now. So we have no, we have no prior programs. The only program we have now is one program, Geula. So we open our eyes and we look around at the world, and we've been cleaned up enough on Yom Kippur to be able to say, hmm, this and this and this and this that I'm feeling, seeing, experiencing, is, is all Geula opportunity. Okay, so we're going back to the issue of, since it's our brisk day, what is a brisk? What is a bris mila? And again, it's not a, how is it our bris mila day? It's bris mila for the part of us that is able to do things quickly. The adrenaline, the adrenal glands. Today's the bris mila for your adrenal glands. <laughs> right? <laughs> your adrenal glands are the glands that enable you to just jump up and do something quickly as opposed to in a slow meditative way and, you know, com- contemplative way. Your your adrenaline, your adrenal glands produce what you need to just jump up and do it. Now, again, that's just the physical energy to be able to jump up and do it. But the spiritual energy to feel like, I'm going to do this quickly, just jump and do it, this comes from today. From the brismila of the part of us that's connected to Naphtali. Who, who leaps like a deer. It doesn't just doesn't run like a mashugana. It's very interesting. It's very, ele- like we said, very elegant. It's not running like a mashugana. Not running. We might think of adrenaline making us like chickens like without a head, which we also know what that's about from Kaparas. <laughs> if we've ever been sensitive to chicken without a, running around like a chicken without a head, um, we just found out about it about a week ago. You know, we kind of, excuse me, we kind of got to see what that looks like. 
So that's not what we're talking about. Nathalie is not running around like a chicken without a head. He's leaping in an elegant way immediately. Doesn't delay. And that's us. So, um, when it says, Avraham, on this day, in the essence of this day, Avraham Avinu had his brick mila. You know which day that means? Yom Kippur. I guess that means, how do we know that Pirka de Rebeliezer tells us that Avraham Avinu's brick mila day Either his bris mila day was Yom Kippur, or it's referring to the idea that Yom Kippur is the bris mila day. I'm not sure. Uh, no, actually, here, I see. It means that literally his bris day was Yom Kippur. That's interesting. Okay. And if that's the case, then it comes out that Yudbeis Tishrei would be the third day after Avram Avinu's bris mila. Now, we are the children of Avram Avinu. Which, interesting, that becomes, you know, we think of ourselves more as daughters of Sarah, Rachel, and Leah. We know that we have a little bit of kind of strange association with being the, the children of Avram Avinu, especially recently, because there's some other people who are also the children of Avram Avinu, and recently they came to the White House and we did a peace agreement with them, some kind of a covenant with them. So now it's really this idea of Bris Mila, of Avram Avinu, becomes even more potent when we're talking about current history. So today is the third day after Avram Avinu's Bris. Now what happened on the third day after Avram Avinu's Bris? Vayelah Hashem. It says in Tyra about the Avite of Avram Avinu, about his Achnas' Arkham. We all know that. And we know that he sat in his tent on the third day. We know all that. He was in great pain. He had had his brit mila. Hashem took the, the sheath off of the sun to heal his brit mila. He was in even greater pain. He wasn't so much in pain from the procedure, although no doubt it was not a fun procedure, but he was in great pain that it was so hot outside. There were no travelers. There were no, he couldn't have any guests. Right? This is all stuff that we know. And so, um, and comes to the third day, Yud Beis Tishrei. Today, today is the day that he me, and we are sitting at the tent longing to do Hachnasu Zarchim. Sitting at the doorway of our tent longing to do Hachnasu Zarchim. What else is going on today? The sheet, the covering has been taken off the sun which means that there is open revelation. So, um, and, um, and, and of course, as a result of all of this, the Brismila, there is the birth, there's the conception eventually, and the birth of Yitzchak, with everything connected to that. So what is this whole idea of Ayere Elav Hashem? as it's connected with the story of, we know, the Tzemach Tzedek going, um, uh, uh, the Rebbe Rashab, the little boy, we know all this, going to his, um, 
going to his, his, his Zayda and asking why did Hashem appear to Avram Avinu and not to us, meaning that when a Yid, and of course the answer of the Sum of Sedek is that when a Yid reaches, the, <coughs> reaches 99 years old and he makes a decision that he has to Ersht, at this point, start from square one. Really start from square one. Do a bris mila. He's 99 years old. He's accomplished so much. And he makes a decision that he starts right now at this moment from square one. He's just stepped into a brand new moment. This is all what's happening on Yud Beis Tishrei, Avram Avinu sitting at the tent. And then, of course, and then this this whole scenario being questioned by the Rebbe Rashab and being told that. But the energy of this day, the energy of this encounter is a year being ready to step into a brand new moment and realize I'm starting from square one, but in a good way. And then what happens? He merits that Hashem will appear to him. He meets Hashem in a brand new moment, as we did on Yom Kippur, a marriage, a brand new moment. So what can we learn from this? <clears throat> Everything, all of these things that are connected to your base Tishrei. Your base Tishrei, again, is the third day of the Brith Mila. So the whole idea of Ayer Elav Hashem applies to today. <clears throat> Hashem appearing to him, to us, openly, applies to today. As it says, uh, what was told to Avram Avinu? He was going to have a son, Yitzchak, the first Jew who's born a Jew, the first Jew who has a brick at eight days. He would give birth to this this first Jew who would then have a brick at age eight days. About Avram Avinu, it says that he recognized his creator when he was three years old, and he did his brick mila when he was 99 years old. But Yitzchak, his son, he was totally different. Not recognizing Hashem at three and not doing a bris at 99. He's totally different. Um, bris at eight days. Totally different thing. Totally different energy. So Chazal say about Yitzchak, he's called Reish Lemayim. He's the first one to have a bris at eight days. Now, of course, why is eight days significant for us now? Eight days is significant because we're in, you know, the, the 80s, 5780, 5781, 5782, 82. We're in the 8th. On the way to the 9th. So this has everything to do with us. Okay, so again, so we're in the page 5780, 5781, the 8th, the 8th. And we're talking about Yitzhak Avinu that has a connection to this day. His connection came as a result of today. And his conception then brought the whole Seder Hishtalshlis of, of all of Jewish history, which is connected to eight. We are the people of eight. And we are now in the decade of eight. We've reached eight. He's the first of those, of the Milan, because he's the first one that was had his birth at eight days. Um, as it says in Torah, or in the Kutit Torah. So, 
that means? What is it? So why is that significant? He had his brick at eight days, which means we. It's we. It's not just him. Because eight means nothing natural. Forget about the laws of nature. They're for somebody else. They're not for you. That's the Kiddush. Because of the laws of nature, come on, you know, was Avram Avinu able to have a brick Mila? Come on. Was Sarah able to have a child? Come on. All these things, you know. Who are you kidding? This stuff doesn't follow the rules of nature, and neither do we are. Neither, neither do we. Who are we coming? Who are we kidding? So when the news came that Yitzchak was, was going to be born, and how was he told? The Arbezara, I will multiply your seed. In other words, Hashem said, when Hashem gave that news to Avram Avinu, Avram and Sarah, they, they didn't really think that they would have any lineage at all. And they were told, oh, you'll have a son. Well, guess what? You'll have more than one son. You'll have billions and billions and billions. So you're not just going to give birth to one Jew, the Arbezara. So what is that for us? So today is, in a sense, the day that all of that is coming to fruition. Brismila, us, that energy, elegantly jump into the next thing that presents itself to you, to me, to us. The next moment, and the next moment, and the next moment, and the next moment. And an elegant leap into the next moment. Not a resistance, not a chicken without a head energy. An elegant leap into that resistance, and that brings all kinds of stuff. It, it, that leap into the present moment, that elegant leap like the deer into the present moment somehow opens up all kinds of realities that is it, totally eternal. The news that there will be an offspring from this moment, this moment will, will give birth. And it won't just give birth to one little thing. It will give birth to eternity, to the Arbezara, I will multiply your seed. I will multiply your deeds. I will multiply everything. It's all coming from this day. So the truth is when a Yid goes out to the world to spread Yiddishkeit, and we see, forget it. According to the laws of nature, it's not going to work. But, and Tyra says, listen, you don't depend on a, on a miracle. So, and yet we tell him, yeah, don't, don't be too... Don't be too uh, impressed by the world with all its fancy laws of nature. Because, after all, Yitzchak Avinu, not born through nature, right? And um, every Jew, you think we really are born out of nature? Nah. If we're not born really according to the rules of nature, they don't apply to us, in a sense. Or we're not restricted. We're not just, we're not tied down by this. So, um, so we continue to do our avida and not be and not be kind of dragged down by the rules of nature. We're working very hard to bring about the union of brismila, spiritual brismila and even literal brismila, with everybody that we meet, at least. And so, um, and all of this, 
when it looks like it's really difficult, as explained about the birth of Yitzhak, Mimila Avram, it was really, there were a lot of scoffers too. There was a lot, it, it, the whole thing wasn't simple. So basically, that's the idea. Don't get too bent out of shape from all the difficulties that present themselves in nature. Isn't that interesting? Because I guess we could say, when we are being like Naftali, those elegant leaps into the next moment, and the next moment, and the next moment, no getting bent out of shape, which is interesting, but a leap into the next, and the next, and the next moment, then, then what? These next moments will adjust themselves around us in a very powerful way. So to pull all this together, to finish, to to wrap it all up, we are now actually, um, even though we're in Yudbeis Tishrei, we're already Arab Yud Gimel Tishrei. And we know that Yud Gimel Tishrei is a very big day. As if today isn't a big day, tomorrow is even in a bigger day, and we are, once we're after Chastais, once we're in the afternoon, then we're into Erev Yitzimot Tishrei. And of course, um, as we know very well from the Rebbe and the Friedrich Rebbe, that the Seder of acting, of, of being, of the Rebbe Marash is in a way of Milachat Kilare, but everybody knows. The interesting thing is that we heard that it's possible that Maybe the Rebbe Maharaj said this one time. We assume that all through the decades, all through the decades of the Rebbe Maharaj, every day, just like we know from the Rebbe, think good, it'll be good, or, or, I mean, thousands, hundreds of thousands of times have we heard this from the Rebbe. And so we would assume that Hasidim heard it hundreds of thousands of times, and it seems that it's possible that the Rebbe Maharaj said it one time. And that very skillfully, with great spiritual depth, etc., the Rebbe has extracted this jewel in all the years and everything about the leadership and the seas of, of the Rebbe Maharaj, taken this one jewel, which was maybe said one time, and put it at the top and enable it to spread and become the whole everything of the Rebbe Maharaj's years of leadership, and then be transferred to our generation so that it becomes the jewel of our generation. Which, before I say what that is spiritually, which gives us a tool. This gives us a really important tool. We want to look for gems, for diamonds and gems and precious stones, Precious gifts embedded wherever we find them. I mean, this is a whole marketing tool, but I'm certainly not going to spend my time now on. I'm just saying the marketing tool, by the way, just to connect it to the world, is is that if you're trying to market yourself um, and, you know, you're you're teaching a course, presenting a course, and you have to have a few... um, uh, a few bonuses that come along with it. You know how you're always, you know, they say sign up for this and, you know, or buy this and you'll get this and this bonus. So they always say like this, find some kind of little really good thing that you have sitting somewhere tucked away that's amazing, but it's just part of everything. And pull it out and make it a separate thing and create it as your bonus. 
just isolate it, you know, pull it out by itself and just use it as your bonus and it becomes your everything. I'm just saying that's a marketing thing. Use your best, you know, the four tools to doing this and this. It's sitting there somewhere quietly in one of your essays. Pull it out and make it into a bonus thing. So, Lahabdil, why am I saying this? We're talking about this jewel of the Rebbe Marash, the Chatzila Rebbe, gets pulled out, made into a bonus, but then it's so precious, it permeates, it becomes the flavor of the whole Nasius of the Rebbe Marash, which then becomes the flavor of the whole seventh generation of every minute that we're in now. So we want to use that idea and take all the good stuff that we have embedded and we see and just let it color and flavor the whole day, the whole week, the whole month, the whole year. You're walking down the street and, you know, you're not in such a great mood and you're thinking through all your problems. And then you see this really nice flower. Pull it out. I mean, emotionally in your mind. Leave the flower there, but Spend a few seconds on it. Spend 15 seconds on it. Really breathe it in. Really, really, really take it in. Let's pull it into your being. Pull it into yourself. And let the energy and the fragrance and the experience of it then color and flavor your whole day. So that your whole day becomes that, the beauty and the fragrance of that flower. And then that's the way we can start to transform our days. Literally, it wasn't something you were counting on. You just kind of happened across this flower as you're trying to cross the street. You never know where this will come from. Or someone will say a certain thing, you know, it was Yom Kippur, and I was kind of, you know, and there I was sitting on the chair outside Minion, and this young woman passed by, and she stopped and came back and said, you make videos? And I said, no. I thought she asked, I thought she wanted to know if I was a videographer. And one of the videographers said, oh, you sure you don't make videos? I said, no. And she said, oh, I mean, Shiurim. And I said, oh, yeah. <laughs> and she said, oh, yeah, I, something. And I, I, I just kind of nodded her. I didn't really acknowledge her. I was sort of so confused. But I guess she was saying something like, I saw your videos, I guess. I like your videos something. <laughs> It was, it was, I really thought she was asking me if I, you know, this is my business, but I, I'm not a videographer. And I forgot, you know, sometimes I will have people say, didn't you chair that event? I said, no. And then I think about it, I said, oh, oh. <laughs> so, so, you know, that was, that was, I have to find her and really thank her. But that was a moment out of nowhere, kind of like, weren't expecting it, you know, boom. And then, oh, but he saw my things. Okay, wow. So these moments will come to us that are just unexpected. It's just like, boom, this little precious thing, just take it in. Let, we, want, we want to sit on positive experiences. And we want to sit on positive feedback from Hashem. And we want to into, We want to pull it in. We don't want to just have it as a long list of all the good things that happened to us that we already forgot about. So here we're speaking about... We're just, we're in the hours when we're about to be, it's about to be Erev Yud Gimel Tishrei, and the Rebbe Marash, this diamond, the Chachila Reger. So, what is that telling us? That everything we do, according to the Rebbe, is to be done in a way of the Chachila Reger. Beginning with the Pu'ulas that you do, um, 
um, a of writing actually a Sefer Torah that I was speaking about there, um, in a way of Zerizus and Chayas. Remember, today we have the energy to leap into the present moment and the next moment and the next moment with that elegance of the beer. And that gets rid of all the negative stuff. Utsuetsa the Sufar. I guess this is 1981, I guess it was. As usual, stuff going on politically that needed to be fixed, especially in the Middle East. Um, until we're zaycha to ach tzadikim yadu b'shmech yesh v'shar metzpanecha, based on the Gisha Shlishi. And so, um, to connect it with Yudgimul Tishrei, as the Rebbe gave us mashke, um, to people who were going to Eretz and those who are um, going to other places, uh, behind the Iron Curtain. Imagine, to those who were going behind the Iron Curtain, 1981, it seems like some relic from, I guess kids would ask, what is Iron Curtain? That's how it's become a relic in history. Such a miracle. So, um, and somehow, by doing all of this, we bring, when we bring Shalom to, um, and Mashka to those far-flung places, then we unify everybody. All those who are Mufuzar and Mufuzar and Mufuzar we become one nation. And we and we who find ourselves all spread out and all scattered, and you know what it feels like to be all scattered and spread out. All you have to do is try to be sit outside and try to try to learn and then the sirens will come and make noise. As I said, the missionary who decided to stand outside on the other side of the street in seven seventy during Kol Nidre. See this? I think you can hear this. This stuff This stuff is probably designed to make you feel not very focused. And somehow we're here to use it to focus us more. Um and the car of Mamash, we will be zaycha to the with our old, our young, our sons, our daughters, Kal Gadol Yavolahena. And we will hear the Kal Gadol, the great voice of the future. As already happened at Matantaira, Kal Gadol Velayesha, the shaifer that we're used to now. We've heard the shaifer so many times since the beginning of Elo. And we actually heard it for the last time, Matha Yom Kippur. It's like, you know, you're feeling like, oof, a lot of things when Yom Kippur ends, and that's your last chance to hear the shaifer until next year. It's really, it's sort of, um, it's a happy shaifer, and also it's kind of, it makes you really feel the preciousness of the shaifer. so powerful, and the next time we're going to hear it is with Mashiach. The first time we heard it was at Matantaira, called Gadovaloyesis. A great, great, great sound with no echo, that totally permeated everything. That's what we want. We want those great sounds. That's what we're talking about. You know, you smell a flower, you this, you that, you hear this, you see that. You want great moments to have no echo. They don't bounce back off of you, but they permeate you. And when we, and by learning the Torah of Mashiach, the Gula Midas Vashlemer, the Nervi 
This enables us to pull in, to bring to us, and be ready for that moment when we will hear the great sound of the Shaifer, the Shaifer Gadol, that will totally permeate every part of our being. That already began, as we ever said, in 1967 with the Six-Day War. That was the beginning of the Shaifer Gadol on some level. So we're ready for, we're getting ready for that. And at this point in this Febrengan, the Rebbe gave bottles of Mashka to Professor, oh, Professor Yermio Branover. You should have a Yermio Branover, to go to Eretz Yisrael for Rosh Yeshiva and Talmidim and Yeshiva Yibela de Casablanca in Morocco and Rebnasen Vogel for those who are behind the Iron Curtain. Imagine how much was accomplished in that decade. Can you just see these bottles of mashka? We're talking about the early 80s, see these bottles of mashka. And then the Rebbe said in the Sobrengen, to sing, Nyet Nyet and reminded us about saying Bracha Chorena, and then, and then after Mincha, the Rebbe began to sing, Vivant Mashiach now. So the fact is, Vivant Mashiach now, Vidon Vanavate, and we should have the Bulan is officially immediately now.